You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Well, hello, Flyers and Phantoms fans. Welcome to this week's episode of The Press Zone Philadelphia right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. Uh, This is episode 229 of The Press Zone, and we're so glad you're here with us today. Uh, We are an affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, Great to be part of that group of uh, wonderful hockey podcasts uh, all over the place and for lots of different teams. Uh, And of course, we are also sponsored by DraftKings. And so a big thanks to them as well. You'll hear a message from them in a little bit. Uh, First, let me make some introductions. My name is Amy Johnson. I'm your host and the lead correspondent over at the AHL Report. Uh, And I'm joined in the studio each and every week by our founder here at Rocket Sports, He's also our editor-in-chief, our president, and he is the one and only Rick Stevens. How are you doing today? Doing great. Yeah. Now, now, you must be pretty excited about your Eagles. Honestly, I'm not. <laughs> 44, <laughs> was it 44 to 6 over the Lions? That's what they should do against the Lions. True. So I'm like, congratulations, you did what was expected. I'm not... I can't get excited because they've just, they have stunk. Well, I, I wasn't closely following my fantasy lineup and I uh, came towards the end of the day, saw the, the Eagles uh, score scoreboard and assumed that meant, um, you know, a bounty of points for Jalen Hurts. And, and <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work out that Did not work out You're that way. You're funny. I had, I had Gainwell. I had I also had Miles Sanders, but he wasn't playing. But uh, he was on You're the bench. But funny. I had Gainwell and Jalen Hurts. And with 44 points, you expect that, you know, between the two of them. And, uh, yeah, I had yeah. not a lot of, not a lot there. If you had Boston Scott, you were doing all right. Thankful, mm. I, I had Goddard in a couple of leagues, so he did okay for me at tight end in a couple of leagues. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I'm, gra- I'm glad they won. Um, but if they were going to win a game, it was going to be that one. So I'd like to see them continue that into some actual competitive games. And then maybe I might get excited about it. But Nick Sirianni, I'm not impressed yet. Not impressed, my friend. Not impressed. <sighs> I am impressed with the Flyers, though. You should be. I am. A good start. A really good start. I am impressed. Like, I feel like, whoa, 
I might like, I'm scared to say it out loud. It's kind of fun watching the Flyers again. Like, I don't want to jinx it. We're going to talk about it a little bit. Um, We're just going to briefly touch on the Flyers. They're coming off their Western road trip and um, getting ready to host Shane Gostisbehere and the Arizona Coyotes tonight. Um, but Does he get a video? I would bet he does. Hmm. I bet he does. Ghost was ghost was he is well liked. Go yeah, ghost was well liked. I th- I think he'll get a, a good reception. And then once that's out of the way, then then the fans <laughs> at Wells Fargo will uh, let him ha- have it. Maybe. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about the Flyers in this first segment, um, but then shift the focus to the Lehigh Valley Phantoms because while the Flyers are doing surprisingly well, the Phantoms are doing surprisingly not well. Uh, New head coach Ian LaPerriere uh, struggling to get the first win of the season for his group. Um, and it's it's uh, it's a bit of a head scratcher. So we're going to talk about how they've done uh, this past week. Give you a couple of positives, maybe some glimmers of hope and some some things they can build on uh, a little bit. And then in the second segment, you definitely don't want to miss this. Uh, we're going to have some AHL news in the second segment, but our good friend and colleague, Patrick Williams rejoins us for a new edition of the AHL hot stove. Uh, we're going to talk about the hot topics around the AHL. Uh, we're going to talk about the first COVID postponement of a game. Ooh, that is ominous. Uh, we're going to talk about, you know, all right, we've, Got a decent sample size after a few weeks. What's attendance looking like? Because we have said over and over again this summer that that was going to be a key factor for the AHL this season. And then Patrick's going to hit us with, okay, of the teams out of the gate so far in this young season, who's looking hot? Who's not looking hot? So we'll see. We'll see what he has to say. That's coming up in the in the next segment. Uh, but Rick, first and foremost, uh, Western Road Trip, you know, the Flyers actually tend to, you know, Western road trips aren't always their demise. There's a lot of East, Eastern Conference and East Coast teams that that do poorly uh, when it comes to heading out West. The Flyers aren't necessarily always one of them. They always have a very long stint over uh, on, on out in the West over Christmas. Um, and, and, you know, this was coming. I think everyone's just really kind of holding their breath after after the complete collapse of last season. Um, everyone's just kind of like, is, is their early success? Is this for real? Or is it kind of a a mirage and it's all going to crumble into dust? Uh, you know, when someone sneezes, um, and certainly that was not the case on the Western road trip. Carter Hart looks good. Uh, Carter Hart has looked solid. Carter Hart has looked confident. Cam Atkinson is again, I'm saying he's coming as delivered, uh, JVR, uh, getting, getting things going as well. Um, I'm just so far, as I said, to, to, to kick off the show, it's, it's kind of, it's fun to watch the Flyers again. It, it has been. And, and I mean, they, they didn't, um, you know, they didn't run the table on, on the road trip or anything like that. There were some ups and downs, but, uh, overall the, the feeling has to be one of being very positive about, uh, how the season started. Absolutely. And, and Giroux has, has, uh, is already producing again. That, that was a big thing for him. I think last year it was struggling to score. Um, the fact that he seems to be getting comfortable again, Konechny seems to be getting comfortable, um, 
you know, those were we talked a lot about how Fletcher did make some big moves and brought in some big pieces, but that the guys uh, who were already on the team, veterans on this team, uh, who are expected to be the producers who weren't doing that last year, we're going to need to find that again. And and so far, it seems like they're starting to settle into that. Um, and if that can continue, again, I stick by my er, my preseason prediction. I think the Flyers make the playoffs this year. I really do. Um, what they do with it once they make it, uh, it will be a different story. Uh, but I really think that this team could make the playoffs. And if they keep playing like this, they're well on their way. And and in this is something that you've talked about in a division that's pretty competitive. Yeah, very competitive. It's 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 going to be tough, but they you know, that's the kind of of um, environment that I think that that they can play well at because they've been they've been involved in close games um, so far throughout the season. No. Yes. It's uh, the Metro is a tough division this year. Um and there's plenty of people that have said that uh, the the road to the Stanley Cup is coming through the Metro this year. Uh, it's 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 a it's a very very talented division, really competitive teams. So it'll be it'll be fun to see how that shakes out. Um, question mark though is the continued absence of Ryan Ellis. Um, what started out as a, okay day to day, it's it's almost like every game day Elaine Vigneault saying uh, yeah we really thought he was going to be ready to go uh, and he's just still not and and okay but maybe next game and then next game comes around and, no still lingering still nagging um, he uh, Vigneault has said that he does it's not that it's a setback he hasn't had any setbacks or anything like that but it's just that whatever it is that he's got going on is just lingering longer than they expected it to uh, and in fact, he came out and said that if he had known that it would still be a lingering issue now, he would not have had Ellis go on the road trip. He would have had him just stay home and rehab and not have to endure all of the long travel. Um, so that indicates, Rick, that they really did think he was going to get in the lineup at some point on the Western road trip. And it's, it's I guess, coming to us as a surprise to all of them that that hasn't been the case yet. And whatever it is, it hasn't hampered him when he's been in the lineup, uh, having played three games, four points, more than a point a game pace, playing 24 minutes uh, a game. Um, he's he's looked pretty good when he's in there. So uh, the, the the I understand wanting to, uh, you know, bring him along and and uh, and maybe he would be able to be back in the lineup. But um, hindsight 2020 that mm-hmm. uh, maybe he should have been working, been rehabbing on whatever is bothering him. Absolutely. So hopefully let's uh, knock on wood and fingers crossed that Ryan Ellis is back in the lineup soon. Um, also want to just remind folks this weekend is when the Flyers Warriors hockey hockey team will be hosting the USA Hockey Warrior Classic uh, at two different rinks in South Jersey. Uh, head over to the Flyers Warriors Facebook page for ticket information. There's games all weekend long. Uh, it's going to be a tremendous it's a tr- it's a tremendous honor for the Flyers Warriors their chapter to be hosting this tournament. Um, it is sponsored by Pink Whitney. I saw Paul Bizanet was was uh, uh, Biz was tweeting at the Flyers Warriors. Uh, I believe today or yesterday this week, saying, "Hey, see you guys soon." So it sounds like Biz is going to be uh, in town for it, since Pink Whitney is uh, is sponsoring the tournament. Uh, it's it's a great cause. 
with a bunch of great guys playing hockey. Support our veterans. You know, Veterans Day is coming up uh, next week. And uh, we, you know, get out there, support your veterans and support a great cause uh, with with the Flyers Warriors Hockey Organization. So head over to the Flyers Warriors Facebook page for ticket information. You don't want to miss that. Um, all right, let's switch gears now to the Phantoms, because as as much fun as the Flyers have been to watch, it has been literally it has just been painful to watch the Phantoms. Uh, we know that they went one and three in the preseason and that losing streak just won't go away. Um, they are still searching for their first win of the season. They did, Rick, manage to get a point uh, this past week when they did, uh, when they, they've gone to overtime. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, things aren't going well when you're celebrating getting a point in overtime because it's like, okay, we finally at least have some points. A record of 05 and 2. And so, um, yes, just the, the two loser points uh, over the season in seven games, as, as it's called. Um, and uh, I mean, the problem is uh, they can't score goals. Um, seven games played, just 10 goals in those seven games. Uh, you're not going to min- win when you're scoring just over uh, a goal a game. No. And, uh, you know, we are going to talk about this more with Patrick Williams in the next segment. Um, but but taking a look at things, you know, the Phantoms, yes, they have a new coaching staff. And I'm going to I'm going to come straight out and say I, I'm not laying this at the feet of Ian LaPerriere and his coaching staff yet. Um, it's a new coaching staff. It's a new team. But there is no reason why guys like Jerry Mayhew shouldn't be scoring more than they're scoring. And granted, Jerry Mayhew is currently leading the team in scoring um, with his four points, three goals and an assist. Um, That's not a lot, particularly for Jerry Mayhew. Um, You know, uh, Morgan Frost. Now, we are going to talk about some positive things, but Morgan Frost did finally get a goal. Um, that's, that's something that was definitely needed for Morgan Frost. But we look at last week, they, they lost to Wilkes-Barre Scranton four to two. This was after the Phantoms had a two to one lead, but then the Penguins come back with a pair of power play goals and they get the win. Then on Friday night, Utica, uh, the the phantoms went on the road to Utica. Yes, German now German Rupsov had a goal and an assist on that night, which is a good thing. Uh, you know, Ruby hasn't been Ruby wasn't in North America for this short past last season. He stayed in Europe. Um and and Ruby's had some difficulty in the past in getting things going in his game. I I like to see that he's now producing, getting a goal and an assist in this game in Utica. Uh would like to see his progression keep going because I think there's a, a decent amount of upside there for that young prospect. Um so again the Phantoms had a two nothing lead late in the second period. And then Utica scored four goals in the third, including an empty netter. And uh, they lost that one five to two. And four goals in the third period. You just can't do that. Uh, And then, yes, uh, played Syracuse, hosted Syracuse uh, on Sunday. That game went to overtime. It is where uh, Morgan Frost scored his first of the season, had an assist as well. Um, But the crunch came back uh, in, in the third period. And then... Sure enough, um, it was uh, 
Jimmy Huntington scoring the overtime winner. So, Rick, it's got to be it's got to be so incredibly frustrating. Each of these games, they have leads, and in some of those periods, are actually playing better than their opponents. But at the end of the game, when the final horn goes, they're coming out on the losing side. Yeah, you have the players that you mentioned uh, already: Frost and Mayhew with four points in seven games. That's maybe okay. Uh, Wilson with with three points in seven games, and the rest, the rest of the team, it's it's twos and fews. It's two two points, <laughs> one point, or or no points. Uh, they're not getting they're not getting uh, contributions across the lineup, um, and. Um, and yes, you may score first. You may be playing well at some point, but as long as you have that low uh, offensive output, uh, the teams are going to bypass you and and uh, and win the game. An interesting note that uh, an interesting stat that came out from the Phantoms this week: Lehigh Valley is third in the Eastern Conference, allowing twenty-seven point nine shots per game. Um, so that's telling you a little something right there too that's it's not uh not the stat that you want they're spending a lot of time without the puck yes they certainly are um the goaltending has been decent um not sure if there's an injury going on with one of them because Kirill Ustamenko was uh reassigned from ECHL Reading up to the Phantoms this past weekend um so there there may be uh there may be I don't know if they're just bringing him up uh, or or if there's an injury in there. We'll have to find that out. But um, Ryan, defenseman Ryan McKinnon also uh, shipped down to the Reading Royals, so that's another uh, bit of movement. Uh, and and the the Phantoms are now going on the road for four games. Um, they will play two. Uh, well, actually, they will first um, they will play Wednesday night. Uh, uh, they'll host the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins at PPL Center on Wednesday night. Um, we know how that usually goes, but we'll we'll see if they can come out with a win this time. Uh, and then they kick off uh, a weekend down in Charlotte playing the Checkers. Um, and after that, they have road games uh, in Hershey and Providence over. So it's four games on the road over a seven-day stretch. Um, so this will not be an easy week for uh, Lehigh Valley. Charlotte certainly has uh, some talent on it, uh, and, and it's a lengthy road trip. So we'll see. Well, and it's a quick uh, turnaround because there's a 6 o'clock game on Saturday and a 1 o'clock start on the Sunday. Yeah. So. That's always difficult. That's always difficult. Um, so, will the Phantoms get their first... W- will we be able to come back here next Tuesday and say the Phantoms finally won a game? We are hoping so. Uh, they have the pieces of the puzzle. This is one of those teams where, on paper, they should be dominating some of these games. Um, so, whatever is going on that they're not able to find the finish right now, let's hope that they can lock it in and get some some wins going uh, this week because they desperately need it. Um, and there's only going to be so long that they can say, we don't know what the problem is um, before things are, things are going to start to get pretty dire. So uh, we will keep you posted uh, and we will have coverage of some of those games for you, uh, particularly Sunday's game uh, at the AHL report. Uh, you can find us at the AHL report on Twitter, AHL report 
Com. Uh, so next, uh, we're going to take one quick break. On the other side, though, you don't want to go away. Patrick Williams is joining us for another AHL hot stove. We're going to talk about COVID postponements. We're going to talk about uh, fans coming back to view and watch their favorite AHL teams live in the buildings. And we're going to talk about which teams uh, so far have been really impressive and which teams have been surprisingly uh, unimpressive to start the season. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. NFL fans hungry for a big win this week? Well, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum of $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And welcome back to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. We are so glad that you are with us today. Uh, one more time, I'm your host, Amy Johnson. You can find me at Flyers Rule on Twitter. And with me each and every week is my wonderful co-host, Rick Stevens. You can find him at All Habs on Twitter. And make sure you're following us at the AHL Report for all of your AHL Report news and recaps and updates and headlines. Uh, in this segment, we do have Patrick Williams joining us in just a moment for uh, the AHL hot stove. But before we get to that, a little bit of, of news to take care of. Uh, of course, Rick, let's uh, kick things off with the AHL player of the week. Uh, it's a it's a name that is synonymous with goal scoring. That's Andrew Podorowski, forward from the Chicago Wolves. Um way up there at the top, the scoring leaderboard for the AHL this week. Nine points. In three road games. That's that, that works. <laughs> I think yeah, so. That works. Four goals and five assists. Uh, he had two assists uh, in a Chicago shutout against Grand Rapids. And then a goal and an assist. And then had his first career hat trick and set a personal high of five points. Knocking off the Griffin six to three. So um, pretty, uh, it, it seems like he's he's picking up where he left off. Won the scoring title. He's the reigning scoring uh, AHL scoring title champion. So, uh, pick, as you said, picked right up where he left off. But it didn't end there this week for him. It didn't. Uh, because the AHL monthly award winners for the month of October came out. And it turns out that Andrew Podorowski is the AHL player of the month. <laughs> 
Um, 14 points in six games. That's a, that's a way to start the season. That's a great start to the season. Um, Along with that, of course, uh, we have the AHL Rookie of the Month. And this is a guy, Rick, that I think we're going to hear his name quite often. We saw him uh, play two games against the Laval Rocket this past weekend. Jack Quinn, uh, the AHL Rookie of the Month with five goals and five assists, uh, is well on his way. <laughs> very impressive. Uh, very impressive in that in that group that, that works hard uh, with some great... Uh, AHL veterans, uh, there's there's the the uh, the budding prospects uh, for the Buffalo Sabers like Jack Quinn, and and he's going to be a good one, and and uh, off to a great start this season as well. Absolutely, of course, we can't leave the goaltenders out. Uh, the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins goaltender Philip Lindbergh gets the goaltender of the month uh, award. First four pro starts, he went four zero and zero. Seven goals on 121 shots. 942 save percentage. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's a, that's when you say, okay, can we just, is there a way for me to just maintain that all season long? I mean, that's, that's pretty tremendous. Um, of course, Lehigh Valley Phantoms fans that are listening right now, you know, much to your chagrin that uh, some of those victories came against the Phantoms uh, a couple of times. Uh, and so Lehigh Valley knows all too well how good Lindbergh has been. Uh, and I think they're going to get pretty well acquainted with him uh, there uh, in Wilkes-Barre as they face each other uh, pretty often. So there you have it. Uh, the October monthly award winners for the AHL, Andrew Podorowski, Player of the Month, Jack Quinn, Rookie of the Month, Philip Lindbergh, Goaltender of the Month. Well, it does uh, the first Tuesday in November, and what better way to kick off this second month of the hockey season than with a visit from our good friend and colleague, Patrick Williams. He's here for another edition of the AHL Hot Stove here on the Press Zone. Uh, and on behalf, of course, of Rick, myself, everyone here at Rocket Sports, uh, welcome back, Patrick. Uh, thanks for having me. It's always fun to be uh, back here and uh, talking hockey. Now, the the big question of the day is, did you give out candy corn at Halloween? I was not even home. Well, then was, you have passed the test. enough, I was at a hockey game. <laughs> um, so I don't think, though, I've ever done that because I don't know why. I just never have. It's <laughs> good. So you're you're not a candy corn fan? Um, I'm okay with it, I guess. Oh, um, like I have a little bit of a sweet tooth that I've been, I've been trying to break that habit for years <laughs> anyway. So I try to not add anything All right. to the repertoire, All right, but uh, it's okay. It's okay. Um, Rick, he's splitting the middle here. He's, 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 he's pleasing the candy corn lovers and the candy corn haters. Yeah. I have much stronger food opinions about other things <laughs> than candy corn. I can go on all day. But, we'll have uh, to get to those on a, on a, yes. <laughs> on a well, and, and and there's all kinds of differences, Canada, U.S., between candy oh, yeah. choices and chocolate bar. Well, you call them candy bars. That's um, right. All kinds of differences. Um, and what we call Smarties are not your Smarties mm-hmm. and, and all of those kinds of things. So uh, we'll have a we'll have a detailed candy 
discussion at some point. At some point, we will. And you can't get most of them in, in, in the States either. Like Not Canadian ones, no. The border is thick when it comes to... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, you just can't get any candy smuggled through. You just can't. Yeah, because uh, like, like um, the sour cherry, um, you can't find them anywhere like of the exact kind that you can get in Canada. Really? In the States. Hmm. And I, a couple of times I've actually had to go on Amazon and order them. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a bag that should maybe be $3 and it's like $14. <laughs> and I'm like, Import, I feel yeah. ridiculous buying it, but I'm like, <laughs> I need it. You know, especially when it's like, you know, one o'clock in the morning, you're really craving it and <laughs> you're making bad, bad financial decisions. And <laughs> you're like, is this one of those items that Amazon will drone drop off in the next two hours for me? <laughs> Yeah, right. And then, you know, I mean, Amazon's dangerous for a lot of reasons, one of which is because it's right there and, you know, you can yeah. make impulse purchases right from your computer, but it's especially bad for things like that. For things like that. It's good to know. That's good to know. <laughs> well, we're glad to have you with us here today. We've got uh, whew, we've got some plenty of uh, hot topics to talk about on the AHL hot stove today. We're gonna we're gonna talk about. I, I know this is something that we've touched on a couple of times uh, in the last couple of months, but honestly, it's it's still relevant and um, in in some ways uh, already becoming concerning. It, before we were speculating about the concern, but but now we've got some actual hard numbers. We're going to talk about attendance in the league, uh, and in some areas where it's it's becoming kind of a you know like the flashing warning sign is already starting to go off. Uh, kind of going along with that, uh, we've now experienced our first COVID postponement. Uh, of of those of the year for the AHL, we're going to talk about what that could potentially mean going forward, and we're going to talk about who's hot and who's not. Uh, Patrick is is going to give us the the hot and not who's who's looking good so far <laughs> this season, and and who's eh, not looking so great in, as far as uh, affiliates. So I guess let's let's start with that attendance. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we we saw some great numbers. Uh, opening weekend and and some of the opening nights, you know, Laval had a great uh, home opener. Uh, Grand Rapids had a had a good one as well. But as and, and Rick, I know you you have even seen some articles coming out as far as NHL attendance numbers that are struggling in in certain areas as well. Are we seeing already that the hey hockey is back shine has started to wear off and and are we seeing a struggle to get seats filled this is always a difficult time october november especially in the states where you're competing against that behemoth that is football be it college football the nfl and even high school football um, in some of these cities so that's one thing and that and that's something you have to bake in uh, to any to any season, you know, COVID, no COVID, uh, whatever the situation may be. Now you you add that, so you're you're that's where you're, that's your starting base, and now you're adding COVID into it. COVID's still going pretty strong in a lot of places. Um, that is definitely going to be a concern for some people. Um, Especially, you know, I mean, the AHL fan base in some markets does skew older. And if you're on that older side of the spectrum and you're 
Still a little bit concerned, even if you're, you are vaccinated, that's uh, COVID, uh, you know, I mean, it's really, it, it's not just a hockey game, it's anywhere, right? You can, you can get it at the grocery store, you can go to a restaurant, right? I mean, I think as we learned, COVID does not discriminate in terms of uh, where it goes and uh, how it affects, you know, people based on age or, you know, you know, any way you want to divide people up, uh, it's a factor, right? So, and hockey's, hockey's not exempt, as we've seen uh, for the past year and a half. Hockey's very much tied into what's going on in around it in society, and uh, this is uh, very much the case. And then I think the third factor is it's the state of the economy right now in both uh, Canada and the States. Uh, inflation numbers definitely going up. Um, you know, every time I go to the grocery store, I'm kind of, you know, wincing when I look at the prices and then and the grocery bill, you know, it's like, you know, and that's real money, right? And this is a league that's largely built on, on, on a couple different things, families, uh, middle class slash working class and groups, which, you know, school groups, mm-hmm. you know, things like that, uh, you know, uh, you know, what a, you know, hospital night or, you know, uh, the local, um, you know, YMCA or whatever, you know, whatever group you're talking about, you know, th- those are the the lifeblood of this league. Uh, pretty much in every market across the league. I mean, this is not a corporate league like the NHL where you go to Madison Square Garden and everybody there is uh, probably on an expense account or, you know, is, is has tickets, you know, from their from their company they work for. This is real people, you know, reaching into their wallets, uh, pulling out real money, uh, you know, buying their own tickets. And so, you know, anything that that starts to eat away at people's uh, you know, spending power is going to affect uh, hockey tickets. I mean, and, um, you know, if you're a family and you're sit, sitting down and you're kind of, you know, going through the, the budget and you're, you're feeling things are pretty tight right now and. Well, you know, maybe that that hockey game we can put off for a little while, and we'll we'll, we'll kind of maybe uh, cycle back to it uh, after uh, the new year and uh, see where things stand then. So, um, I think this really is this comes down to that main theme: is that hockey um, does not exist in in, in a bubble, uh, removed from everything else around it. It is affected by all this. And um, it's certainly you know, making it difficult for teams now because uh, it's just one more thing that they're fighting upstream against. And, 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 and doing so in a year in which um, they're trying to get back on their feet after mm-hmm. such a devastating year financially last season, you know, through no fault of their own. Uh, and then it's just now you're, you're getting more stuff thrown at you and, um, you know, you're, you're trying to make do. You're trying to get through this period and, and hope that maybe the you know the new year, the holiday season will will start to bump up those numbers. But uh, it's a challenge right now, you know. And, and hockey's no different from any other uh, you know form of entertainment, you know, be it uh, you know uh, baseball games or you know the movies or, or whatever. So uh, hockey's lumped right in with everybody else, and uh, that's where things are right now. And I think if there is a, a difference. It comes in that hockey or the NHL is is more um, dependent on ticket sales. Their revenue, uh, a higher percentage of their revenue comes from ticket sales, 
And then when you move from the NHL to the AHL, it's even more so uh, revenue driven by ticket sales. And and so these um, organiza- these franchises, these AHL franchises, um, who already had a you know a a, a difficult year, they, there's a, a, a a cash hole there that they they had to fill from last year. But if if they're they're not getting uh, big ticket sales, they're unable to even to keep. Um, you know their their regular stream going and and uh, you look at some of the you know it's it's we can't look at at last year because um, you know there was just handfuls of, of people in the building but uh, when you go back and so far this this year um, average attendance in the AHL is uh, about forty one hundred now mm-hmm. when you compare that to two years ago fifty five hundred. Uh, so there's a significant uh, reduction, and and part of that, as you said, is is it's tough to sell tickets early in the season because of the other um, the competitions with other sports. But you expect that there would be a bit of a bump. Um, all of the teams have had their home openers, and you expect there would be, you know, fans who've been waiting for a long time to to come back uh, to their teams. So you might have a bit of a, a bump in the average and we haven't seen that. And when you look at, you know, 2019-20, uh, the average attendance was 5,500. 2018-19, the average attendance was 5,800. Uh, 2017-18, the average attendance was 5,900. So over the past five years, the average attendance is coming from near 6,000 to uh, now just 4,100 at the beginning of the season. That's a that's a significant drop league wide, uh, and 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 uh, a hit to the revenue. And on an and on an individual team basis, there are some that are very concerning. We, you know, we were talking before we we went on the air. Um, there are two teams in the last week with logging in a, a reported attendance number below a thousand both Belleville and San Jose in the 900s on on one given night in the past week. Um Patrick, that's not uh that's not something um <laughs> that's not something that's sustainable, right? No, not long term. I mean, um now I think in those cases uh both teams serve a, a very important function for their NHL teams in the sense that they're very local. Obviously San Jose they, they share a training facility uh, they, and they share a, a game rank as well. And then in terms of Belleville and Ottawa, um, for Ottawa, it's been a, it was a long-term goal to have uh, their affiliate within the same country. I think that became even more important um, during the COVID era where the border now is a major, major headache. Mm-hmm. And if you're trying to move players back and forth over a border, now it's not easy. Um, even if it's only four hours away, like Binghamton and Ottawa were, uh, it's it's just that much more difficult. So um, I think that does give Belleville um, some breathing room in the sense that uh, they have that proximity to Ottawa, uh, you know, both in terms of distance but also in terms of the border. And then uh, they they did sign a, a deal last uh, last season with the city that expended it uh, to I believe uh, twenty. 27. So um, I think there's going to be a lot of leeway right now. I think everybody, you know, especially, you know, in, in somewhere like Ontario, um, you know, the Marlies, 
the senators uh, dealing with, uh, you know, some of the restrictions that are still there. And just, you know, it's not even always the legal restrictions. It's also just the the prevailing mood. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people aren't necessarily completely comfortable yet. And that may take time, right? I mean, people got accustomed to a certain way of living for a year and a half. And it's not easy to always just, uh, you know, kind of flip a switch and uh, everybody flocks back to doing what they were doing in March, 2020. So um, yeah, it's a challenge. I mean, there's no two ways about it. I mean, you know, it's hockey's again, no different from anywhere else trying to deal with these things. Um, Minor league baseball had some of these same issues uh, this past summer. Um, And that's with the benefit of uh, being outdoors and the benefits of, you know, uh, having a higher profile than hockey, if we're being honest. Um, and so, so yeah, there are some real challenges. Um, I kind of want to see this play out, but, um, you know, it's, it's, again, you can't remove hockey from, from the greater, uh, picture of the world around it. And, uh, as long as this, uh, virus is hanging around and, uh, you know, certainly, uh, you know, affecting everybody's, uh, life in one way or another, um, that's going to be something you have to work around. Now, I guess the the concern is, is this pandemic or does it become endemic? And if it's endemic, how does, uh, not only hockey, but how does society kind of pivot towards managing that and, and, uh, I guess learning to live with it. Uh, so that's, that's another thing. I mean, so, I mean, as we've learned, uh, in the past, you know, 18, 19 months, uh, just when you think, you have things under control a little bit with this virus, you know, kind of throws you another curveball. And, uh, you know, a lot of places, uh, earlier in the summer, it looked, uh, things were looking up. And then, uh, that's the whole July, August uh, variant, uh, came in and really threw everything for a loop. And I think that also, um, hurt some teams in terms of, uh, you're, you're trying to do uh, ticket sales in the summer, uh, drum up interest, drum up business, and then that hit in July and August, and I think that definitely took the wind out of the sails for uh, for some teams. So um, we'll just have to keep an eye on this, um, but I do think it's uh, it's it's a challenge that everyone, not just in the American Hockey League, uh, the CHL, the ECHL, you know, college hockey, where, whatever you're talking about, uh, has to fight this battle and uh, you know, hopefully come out on top. Well, that actually kind of leads right into our second second topic, which is, uh, yeah, you know, things were optimistic over the summer. Then we saw some surges coming back uh, with the pandemic uh, towards the end of the summer. And now, um, you know, the NHL has managed to we've, we've seen a lot of NHL players and coaches and staff members go in and out of COVID protocol, uh, whether they're symptomatic, asymptomatic, close contact, you name it. And um which, which is already concerning, given that uh, the 99.9% of the league is uh, fully vaccinated. Um, but now we see, you know, just this past week, there was an issue that cropped up with the San Jose Sharks, uh, having a bunch of people go on into COVID protocol and not uh, a day or two later, that trickled down to their AHL affiliate, the San Jose Barracuda. And we've now had, as a result of that, the AHL's first postponement of a game due to COVID-19. Patrick, do you have any additional information on that or just in general, um, 
you know, we're hoping this is not going to start to become the, the new cycle again. Well, yeah. And we, we all, that's the last thing anybody wants to see, um, for many reasons. Um, one of which is obviously hockey, but, uh, obviously the, the greater good of, uh, everybody's health, but I don't have a whole lot more information just beyond the fact that, uh, it's San Jose where the Sharps and the Barracuda share a training facility. So, you know, there's a lot of crossover between players and, you know, guys come up and go down all the time. And, you know, you hear anytime you talk to anybody uh, with San Jose, that's one of the first things they say, you know, this is so convenient. We can, you know, you send a player up and down. All he has to do is walk down the hallway. Um, and so, you know, it's a, it's a situation where you do have that proximity now. So now it's crossed over into the San Jose Barracuda. And, um, you know, a day earlier they had lost uh, five players on recall uh, to the Sharks who had that uh, that that uh, whole breakout happen to them. So um, the Barracuda were already uh, a little bit shorthanded. And then, you know, then you lose a couple more players Um to COVID protocol and all of a sudden now you're, you're really looking at a very, very thin dot lineup. So um, um, I don't have a whole lot more beyond that, just that this is going to be something to, to keep an eye on. And like you said, you know, 99.9% vaccination rate. I mean, really, I mean, if, if all of society uh, was uh, at that number, I think we'd have a much better outcome, but um, so to a large extent, hockey's done what you can do. I mean, you know, now do you want to, I guess the question is, do you have to look at going back to some of the protocols from last season where, you know, you're talking about distancing again, you're talking about you know, everybody kind of, you know, being in their own little bubble with, you know, away from each other, you know, beyond the ice. Um, I don't think there's a lot of appetite for that. I mean, understandably so. Uh, I don't think anybody anywhere has an appetite for that if, uh, you know, if, if we're being honest, but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a challenge because you, you know, you've done the vaccination and the vaccination was, you know, not obviously it's not a hundred percent in terms of effectiveness, but there was a lot of hope that that was going to kind of be the magic bullet here. And that was going to keep uh, all this, uh, at bay. And unfortunately it's not. And, and then again, it comes back to that theme. Um, hockey's not exempt from everything going on around society and, uh, you know, uh, you can catch the virus, uh, you know, within a hockey team. You can just as easily catch it, uh, you know, when uh, when you when you stop at the grocery store on the way home and pick up uh, pick up uh, bread and milk. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's something to keep an eye on. Um, it, it's going to be more difficult this year, just in terms of rescheduling, just because you have so so much more of a. Uh, filled out schedule, you know, 68 games uh, for some teams all the way up to 76 for others. And uh, there's not a whole lot of uh, gaps in that line, in, in that, in that calendar. Now the, I think the one beneficial thing there for San Jose is it was a game against Stockton, which is only an hour or so away. So that's pretty easy to fill in. But um, you know, let's say if it was a, a game against Colorado or something where, you know, now you're involving airline travel. So, uh, that's a lot harder to reschedule. And uh, so we'll have to keep an eye on it. Uh, uh, it's, it's very obvious though that the AHL is, is, is erring on the side of caution. Um, they didn't just say, well, you know what? You have to play who you play, uh, call up players if you have to, and game on. Uh, they, they definitely erred on the side of caution, which I, I, I'm, I'm glad they are because you want to nip this in the bud as, as much as possible and not let this uh, start to proliferate. So, and, and we've seen in other sports, 
um, you saw in baseball in 2020, uh, you know, it can just catch fire. And uh, once that happens, it's a lot harder to uh, get it under control. So uh, hopefully that this, uh, this measure they took this past weekend to postpone the game will do the trick and uh, this thing won't go any further than it has. And I think that's the key because this is something obviously we're going to be talking about and it's going to come up uh, for the rest of the year and we'll see how much of an impact it has if it's minor or major. And because up till now we've had, we've had brush fryers to, to continue your, your analogy and in seeing little cases pop up here and there, they've all been with um, vaccinated um, uh, players uh, and and coaches in some uh, instances, and as you said, I think that the both the AHL and NHL went into this hoping that that this was going to be the um, uh, the cure all, the magic bullet uh, that this would allow uh, the the league to get back to um, as normal as as possible and. Um, this is something that's going to have to be adjusted um, as as we go along. And, and as you said, maybe uh, some of the protocols that, um, whether they have to do with the players themselves or whether they have to do with attendance and, and, rest- yeah. and, and dialing that back. Um, you know, the, the, the difficult thing is that the, the science is, is evolving, and, and we saw last week, um, it was a study in The Lancet reported by Bloomberg that uh, vaccinated people are just as likely as unvaccinated people uh, to spread. Uh, now, they were talking about the, the Delta variant, which is prevalent throughout uh, North America. Um, and so that says, okay, the, 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 in, in that respect, the vaccine isn't uh, what the leagues um, thought it was going to do for the leagues, so there there might have to be other adjustments. Um, but can it be, you know, how can it be managed? How can it be managed uh, for safety? And um, you know, as you said, there's there's not um, there's not any appetite on for either league to go back into a bubble situation, um, and that certainly doesn't help what we were talking about. Um, in the first part of this discussion, and that's the uh, the attendance and the financial issues that result from that. Absolutely, I, th- I think it's. I mean, if there's if there was a common thread that we've had all summer long, and and particularly coming into the preseason, it was that this season uh, a lot rides on this season for the AHL in particular, um, but that. The situation is as far as attendance, as far as far as vaccination, as far as COVID protocols was going to be very fluid all season, uh, and it's already we're a mu- we're not even a month into the regular season, and we're already seeing that being the case. Um, so I think, uh, unfortunately, I think it's going to be a, a continued topic of conversation. I just we can all keep our fingers crossed that it's that it doesn't get substantially uh, worse as the season goes on. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, perhaps we need to just recalibrate um, our expectations for the season. I think um, if you go back six months ago, there was the hope and I think a pretty good sense of confidence that this would be 100% back to normal season and um, you'd have full billions and you'd have uh, COVID would be just a bad memory. And COVID has shown that it, it has a lot more staying power and it's lingering far beyond, I think, what anybody uh, had hoped, certainly, and, and had thought. You know, I thought, I think a lot of people thought, you know, last April that's, all right, the vaccinations are going to come in and they're going to 
shut this thing down and this is going to be the end of it. And uh, like Rick said, you know, even for the vaccinated, uh, there is still that spreading issue. And, um, you know, obviously there, you know, the U.S. vaccination rate, for example, is only around 58%. So, you know, there's there's still a lot of gaps as well. So, um, so maybe we just have to expect that this season's uh, it's going to, going to be better than it was last year. But maybe we we can't necessarily um, hold it to the same um, standard that we would at a more normal season, like the one we had hoped this would be. So we do have, uh, you know despite the fact that we're not quite a month into the regular season, it has been quite an, uh, an eventful first few weeks around the AHL. Um, and it's already giving us a glimpse into uh, what teams are coming out pretty hot, which teams are, are not faring so well. Um, and there could be some, I think for, for some AHL fans, some surprises into who would fall into those uh, two categories. Um, Patrick, I would say let's first start with uh, with well, maybe who's not living up to the expectations that were expected coming into the season. I think right off the bat, you have to start with Lehigh Valley. Um, that was a team very active in the summer. Um, they went and they made uh, some real nice additions. They brought in Jerry Mayhew, who was an absolute sniper for the Iowa Wild for a number of years, and. Um, they got Morgan Frost down from the Philadelphia Flyers. That was uh, maybe a little bit unexpected and um, kind of a you know a nice bonus for the Phantoms in terms of uh, dropping a player of that caliber into the lineup. Um, they Cam York, a first-round pick. They brought in Adam Clendenning, a longtime defenseman. And uh, for some reason, it just hasn't clicked yet. Uh, they don't have... They have 10 goals in seven games, which is just not going to get it done. Uh, they have uh, kind of a younger goaltending core, uh, including Samuel Urson, who's uh, coming over from the Swedish Hockey League. So there's a bit of an adjustment there that you have to uh, factor in. New head coach, obviously, mm -hmm. Ian LaPierre. So there's some, to some extent, there's a, uh, you know, a, an adjustment period uh, coming off uh, having Strzok Gordon there behind the bench for, for a long time. But it's not working well so far. And, 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 you know, the points now, it's the old cliche, they matter just as much in October as they do in, in April. And seven games in, you have two points to show for it, both overtime losses. Uh, that's just not going to cut it so far. It's, uh, it's, it's been... It's been a struggle watching the Phantoms. Um, it's it's it. There are periods where they are clearly uh, making the effort, and, and in some cases, the better team on the ice. Uh, but it's they're not finishing. They're not finding the back of the net, as you said. Um, and uh, the guys who are you would think would be producing are are not doing so um, as of yet. So. And it doesn't even seem to be a leadership issue. They have they have no. a pretty good. Uh, leader and they just seem out of sync somehow i would yeah I, I would totally agree with that i think it's a little early to i know uh you know flyers nation probably wants to start piling on ian laperry here i think it's a little early to do that um give give the guy a chance here um it, it's a bit early to do that and and i you know i i think there's an entirely new coaching staff so there's kings to work out there but but they've got to come up with a win soon or it's going to get dire 
Exactly, because that just, you know, the longer you go, it just it gets more into everybody's head and then, you know, just compounds the issues. And before you know it, that, that you know, 0-7 start, you know, is, you know, you're, you know, whatever, 0-12. And, and then at that point, the season almost becomes a write-off in terms of, uh, you know, playoff chances. And especially in that division, it's going to be obviously a very tough division, um, kind of top to bottom. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of real strong clubs in that division. So you don't really have any luxury of going on what is essentially right now a seven-game losing streak. Uh, you don't have that in the middle of the season, least of all in the start of the season where you're trying to get, you know, you're trying to get your systems down. You're trying to establish a certain way of playing. And, 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 you know, that message is a lot easier to get across to players if there's some results to show for it, not seven consecutive losses. So on the flip side of things, um, who is looking good around the league so far? Uh, and is are any of them a, a, a bit of a surprise? Well, um, the Ontario Reign, I guess it depends um, wh- how you look at it. Uh, last year, they had a really difficult start um, early on. Uh, they had one win in, I think, their first 13 games. Rookie coach uh, John Robluski, who came in from the U.S. National Development Program, uh, but he stuck with it. And um, that team in the second half of last season, I mean, and of course it's difficult to assess everything from last season because it was so chaotic and, and so atypical, but they became a dangerous team in the second half and they were able to um, disrupt some opposing teams that uh, had had their number earlier in that year. And now this year they're, they're out uh, six wins in the first seven games. Um, first in the, uh, first in the league in points. Uh, and that work that Robleski put in last year is really starting to show in terms of, uh, you know, what they have. And they, and to LA, to LA's credit, the front office there, they went out, they got uh, TJ Tynan, the uh, reigning MVP. They got uh, Jack Garrett Sparks, a uh, former goalie of the year in this league. So they really solidified themselves, you know, in some of the, some of that way. It was such a young team last year. Uh, the rookies were asked to do so much, and now they have somebody that can uh, you know, pull the weight a little bit more. And, uh, you know, Cameron Gauntz is there, uh, highly respected uh, veteran defenseman. So I really like what they've done there in Ontario. Um, what about, you know, this is going to be one, we talked about the Phantoms there for a second, uh, so we'll, we'll, uh, mention our, our Laval listeners as well, uh, who may mm-hmm. have been a little surprised that Laval dropped both games against the Rochester Americans this past weekend. Yes. Well, they, they, I'm sure they were surprised, but they shouldn't be, uh, that Rochester team, they play hard and, and, and Seth Appert, uh, who, you know, interestingly enough is a, uh, uh, also from that U.S. development program, came in last season. Uh, uh, long, long-time college coach, uh, had a lot of success there um, as well. And um, being part of that Buffalo Sabres uh, system right now is not easy, uh, just in terms of uh, what the expectations were coming into this season. Uh, and Seth Appert will tell you time and time again, I mean, Buffalo's rebuild goes through Rochester. And so they're, they, they've really put a, a very uh, – significant effort in there into really overhauling the culture there, uh, getting uh, some real strong leadership. They brought in Michael Mersch last year, a highly respected uh, veteran forward who is now their captain. Um, they brought in Mark Jankowski this season. Uh, so they've, they've done some nice work in that regard. And I think, again, a lot like Ontario, um, 
that work that Seth Apper did last year, even with some turnover during the offseason, is starting to pay off. And just there's a certain standard now, there's a certain way to play that even if they don't necessarily get results every night, uh, you know, they're, they're going to be a much more uh, pesky opponent uh, than they've been in past seasons. So, um, you know, Rochester, I mean, good for those fans if this can. Uh, if this can continue, because those fans, I mean, for years and years and years, have just gone through a very difficult time. And all the Buffalo Sabres issues for the past decade eventually have found their way down to Rochester in one form or another. And, uh, you know, so it's been a tough road uh, for a team that once was really uh, kind of the gold standard of the American Hockey League for such a long time, um, you know, to go through this period. But uh, it looks early on, I think, with Seth Abbott that they're starting to find their way uh out of that uh, that uh, lost period that they were in for such a long time. And Rick, we uh, Laval did play uh, Rochester a couple of times this week. I know you you were even making some comments in our in our Slack thread and so forth that there were some players on Rochester's team that that you've seen that that you're pretty impressed with uh, even coming in even before they were playing for Rochester. Well. Um, I just like the balance uh, of the club, and and um, we we've all we've talked many times about how uh, a successful uh, AHL uh, team needs a balance of of AHL vets as well as the prospects, and it seems like uh, at least early in the season that 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 both groups are contributing for the Rochester. Um, ro- roster and and uh, and as you said, uh, um, Patrick, the, they're just a team that works really hard, and and you have the 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 veterans like Mersh and Jankowski, and and even a, a name we recognize, Brandon Davidson, and mm-hmm. and uh, and Aaron Dell in goal. Uh, but you have all of these um, exciting. Prospects. Jack Quinn, of course, is off to a great start. I I like uh, Linus Weisbeck when he played with uh, Wisconsin. JJ Paterka, recent uh, draft pick, is is there. It's a uh, it's a team that's that's uh, come together very quickly. And it's a, it's a team where finally, at long last, the Buffalo Sabers are taking a patient approach with prospects. I'm sure there's a temptation to to bring Jack Quinn up there. You know, he's a First round pick, eighth overall. You want to have him up in the Buffalo uh, lineup as fast as possible, kind of justify that pick. But they're taking their time with him. They they put him in in Rochester last season as an eighteen year old. Uh, I think he learned a lot there, um, benefited quite a bit. And and JJ Paterka, same thing. Uh, he had uh, played over in Germany last year, so a higher level experience. Uh, but he's only nineteen years old, and uh, but he has a motor, and he. he He's constantly on the forecheck. And, yeah. and for me, he really epitomizes what this new Rochester team looks like. Uh, just a, a team that's constantly in your face, heavy on the forecheck, just always buzzing. And uh, and again, that, a lot of that comes back to, to Seth Appert and, and, and the standard that he sets with that team, uh, that there's going to be a certain expectation that uh, you're going to work and you're going to uh, every shift go hard and there's not going to be this uh, you know typical like – well, here we go again. You know, we're, we're behind. We're just going to write this game off and you know, we'll come out next time. You know, it's just like keep going, keep going. And, you know, I think that's a real credit to what he's done. He's had, made a really nice adjustment coming out of the uh, amateur and the college world. 
and really adjusted well uh, to dealing with pros and, uh, you know, walked into a really difficult situation last year. Uh, took over for Chris Taylor, uh, who had been a very popular uh, head coach in Rochester for a long time. Um, came in and had the mandate to really uh, overhaul this development program and get some of these players ready to play in Buffalo long term. And uh, easier said than done, of course. And um, But he's, uh, you know, slowly but surely started to turn things around. And really, uh, he's right. Anything that eventually uh, happens at Buffalo is going to be the result of what they're doing in Rochester now. Well, it is, uh, it's pretty fun to see some teams really uh, coming off to a, uh, coming out to a really, really quick start. Um, We're not going to go into them in in depth, but I know we also talked uh, pre-show that, you know, Utica is another one. Springfield is an, is, is another one that Thunderbirds are really making their own push as well. So, Despite the fact that in some areas attendance numbers are down, the fact of the matter remains the AHL is putting on good quality, competitive, very entertaining hockey uh, so far early in the season. And there's some teams that are really, uh, really fun to watch. And it's just really great to see uh, some young prospects already starting to make their mark on the league. And as we talked about, um, no change in Hershey, no change in Chicago. <laughs> they just keep winning. Uh, somehow, they somehow. just keep winning. If only they is there like a magic sauce that they give out in those in those cities? You know, it's they always find a way to do it. Uh, well, Patrick, uh, we can't thank you enough, of course, for joining us for another AHL hot stove. Of course, if you missed uh, last week's edition of Patrick's uh, biweekly article at the AHL Report under review, um, Patrick, you uh, it was it was a it was kind of a, a deep look at a conversation that you had with Rory Somers uh, recently, mm-hmm. which was which was very fun. Definitely go check that out and. Uh, we know you'll have another great addition for us uh, next Wednesday. Yeah. In an ideal world, I would have Roy Sommer <laughs> every time. <because laughs> he does most of your work for you. I mean, he's such a quotable uh, uh, coach and just, I mean, his fantastic stories. I mean, first California born player uh, to come into uh, really Western, uh, well, with the, at the time, the, the, uh, WCHL, which was kind of the predecessor of today's WHL. And um, so he came in there as a California-born player at a time when that was just absolutely unheard of, uh, mid-70s, and uh, then played in the Pacific Hockey League, which uh, was a league that actually at one point had. Uh, the, the person we know is O.D. Odolthorpe, um, you know, <laughs> Bill Goldthorpe uh, played in that league. So uh, I, I've had some times with Roy Sommer where we sit down and, you know, he just tells me some of these stories and you're just, you're, you're, your head almost pops off just because it's just, you're like, wow. I mean, you hear about these stories, you read about them, but to hear them actually told by some, somebody who experienced it firsthand. And uh, I think the thing with Roy is just, uh, he's been able to adjust through the years. I mean, he's 64 years old, but um he relates really well to his players. I mean, who are, you know, a lot of cases, what, you know, 45 years younger than him. Uh, and yet he closes that generation gap and, uh, you know, really manages to connect with players. And uh, his, his record speaks for himself. 130 players he sent up to the NHL. Um, a number of uh, high, high, big name San Jose Sharks through the years. 24th season now running the AHL bench for San Jose. And, uh, doesn't seem to show any signs of slowing down or uh, or stopping anytime soon. Well, we uh, it, it was a it was a very fun article. In fact, I 
we're not going to spoil it. We want people to go read it if you did happen to miss it. But there was a, a particular quote uh, in there that I know Rick even commented on in Slack that he thought was a tremendous idea for Roy Summers. So. Well, I think for for the Rocket Sports team, we might be uh, setting up a camping adventure. Oh, uh, yeah. wow. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. I love it. Um, Patrick, thanks so much for joining us for another edition of the AHL Hot Stove. Uh, can't wait to have you back in two more weeks, chock full of more little nuggets and tidbits from around the AHL. So we appreciate you being here. Thank you. My pleasure. Well, we certainly thank Patrick for joining us uh, again. And as we mentioned, had a great under review article on AHLReport.com last Wednesday. Uh, Next Wednesday, he'll be back uh, with another edition of Under Review at AHLReport.com. Before then, if you want to check out some of his recent writing, he has a new article out over at the AHL's website. on Manny Viveros, head coach of the Henderson Silver Knights, uh, kicking off Hockey Fights Cancer Month. Of course, Viveros uh, battling uh, prostate cancer back behind the bench. It's a it's a it's a great story if you want to check that out. But Rick, uh, that leads us actually right into the fact that the AHL once again this year is joining the NHL's Hockey Fights Cancer Initiative. And so we can expect to see uh, lots of great fundraising action across the league this month. For sure. Um, and we, we've seen all kinds of, of uh, initiatives throughout uh, the AHL. And then that leads into our own uh, uh, contributions that we make to uh, the Movember campaign. That's right. Uh, the Rocket Sports Media team is back at it for Movember again this year. We've got seven team members on the team this year. Um, and it's it's going to be great. Some people are doing the mustache thing. They're going to be posting the updates on on how the mo is coming in. Uh, some of us, like myself, are participating in the move challenge, trying to get uh, trying to log as many uh, miles or kilometers as we can throughout the month. We've got a little internal competition going on um, about that, um, and uh, all of it is for. Um, the benefit of Movember, the charitable organization out of Canada dedicated to uh, raising funds for men's health, be it uh, prostate cancer, mental health, uh, anything related to men's health. It's such an important cause, Rick. Um, and we're going to beat. We know, you know, we, our our listeners and fans and supporters always come out and and really come through for us uh, in the November month for this fundraiser. But I just have the feeling we're going to beat our we're going to beat last year's numbers. I think we will. Um, <laughs> and yes, we we appreciate those of you who who contribute uh, your money, your donations, not to us, but to the Movember Foundation, uh, who, uh, fund, uh, projects, uh, health projects for men's health, whether they be, uh, the physical health, mental health, uh, uh, for men, uh, the men that, that, uh, in our lives that we love. Um, and, and, and we do, we do things to get your attention. Um, so (laughs) in order to, to facilitate that in order to collect your, your money. So some, uh, will be, uh, participating in this move challenge and, and there's a, uh, a, a, a counter on our, our, on our webpage on, uh, on November that shows, uh, the 28 kilometers have been, uh, walked already by our, our group for those, participating wow. in the move challenge some will be growing mustaches why do you grow mustaches 
why do you grow those those um, you know those crazy mustaches that are either <laughs> uh, you know reminiscent of of the seventies or whatever? Well, it's to get your attention and and say why are you growing that mustache? That's right. And it gives you the opportunity to talk about. Movember. It gives you the opportunity to talk about men's physical and, and mental health. Uh, for me, um, yes, th- there'll be uh, s- some facial hair involved, but um, what I haven't done over the last 21 months is get a haircut. And really? um, I, I, th- being trying to be as safe as I can with respect to the pandemic, um, I've just cut out haircuts. Um, I will be getting a haircut and I'll, <laughs> I'll be doing it as safe as I, I can possibly do. Um, but for the people in, in, in my sphere, in my bubble, they'll say, w- 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 wait a minute. Um, weren't you the guy with the, you know, the Sammy Niku hair a, a minute ago? Um, and the, the, the Carlson hair, the, whatever kind of hair sure. you want to describe it as. And it will give me my opportunity to talk about Movember, to talk about men's health, uh, and to invite either the participation to join our team to to raise money or a contribution. That's what this this month is about. That's what we're going to be doing. And we're going to, I think, we're going to have a lot of fun uh, doing it. I think we are as well. So Rick is right. There are two ways if you would like to uh, get involved and help us raise money for Men's Health for Movember. There's two ways for you to do that. You can either join our Movember team and, and add your own mustache or move challenge to it and and create a team and and start raising funds within the rocket sports team itself uh on november or you can simply visit the page and if you if you feel the need or or the desire to make a donation we certainly would appreciate that as well two ways you can do that you can either go to moteam.co slash allhabs i'll say that again moteam.co slash all habs or just head over to the ahl report website ahlreport.com click on the post for this podcast and there is a link right in the post you can just click that link and uh it'll send you right on your way uh we thank you in advance for your support we're going to be talking about this often throughout the month give you updates on the progress of the team on how the mows are looking and how the how the the miles and kilometers are racking up um and we appreciate all of your support, even if it's just as simple as, you know, if, if it's just not in the budget for you to make a donation this year, the best thing that you could do for us is just to share our Twitter posts and go to the Mo- Movember, our Movember webpage and share it on your social media uh, just to spread the word and maybe encourage others to make a donation. That's a way that you can get involved and help as well, just by spreading the word uh, and helping us raise money. Um, and for the Laval Rocket and the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, they will have their respective hockey fights, cancer nights uh, at home this month. The Laval Rockets coming up on November 13th, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms on November 27th. So look out for those nights as well. All right, Rick. Well, with that underway, um, I'm looking at the watch and I guess I better start. Lo- it sounds like I'm way behind on logging my own miles and kilometers. So I better lace up the sneakers all right (laughs) and there's a lot of great hockey uh coming up this week both for the phantoms and the laval rocket and uh our ahl report team is on the task so uh we will report back next tuesday with all of the latest hockey news thank you so much for listening 
We hope uh, that you enjoy your week. It's November. Bundle up. It's a, it's definitely uh, getting much colder. Uh, don't forget, clocks go back this weekend. You get an extra hour of sleep. And uh, that means you'll be ready for us, uh, refreshed on Tuesday for another great episode of The Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.